Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio. I'm here with my friend and co-author, Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a program that we do live on Facebook and YouTube every Thursday from 6 p.m. to about 6.30. And it is an opportunity to broaden the reach of the work that we did and that we compiled into a book not too long ago called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. This this medium allows us to have a dialogue with our audience members. And we do that usually through your email. So you can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. And you can reach Nancy at nsaxtonlopez at csmpc.com. All of this information is in the description that's attached to the program, whether you're watching it live or whether you're listening or watching one of the rebroadcasts. And if you write to us and share a story of your own, then we will write back to you. And we'd also like to know from you if it's okay to share what you send to us. And you can you can send us a story. You can send us a recommendation for a topic. You can send us a recommendation for a guest. We do periodically have guests on the program as well. I'd like to introduce a new feature that is just just out today and it is a a uh, pot a um i guess you call it a blog i'm, I'm not sure exactly what i want to call it but it's, it's on substack it's on substack.com and what it is is posts that include the emails that we receive the photographs that we receive along with those emails and our responses and it's a way for us to share with people who are interested in reading and seeing the images in addition to or perhaps instead of listening to or watching the video. We do have a subscription, a small subscription cost on this. So it's also a way to support what we're doing. And so you will you will see in the description how to get there. Essentially, you go to Pet Loss Companion Conversations dot substack, S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K dot com. There's a link in the description that'll get you there as well. You can also support our work in a number of other ways through Venmo, through PayPal, through a monthly subscription. And all of this, of course, is in the description. This program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society, which is a shelter and resource service in Springfield, Massachusetts. And they do a lot of things in addition to rescuing animals and rehoming them, adopting them out. They have programs that are helpful to the community. And one of those programs is a cost-free pet loss Zoom support group that I facilitate once a month. It's usually on the second Tuesday of the month. It runs 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. There's no cost to participate. And you can dial, you can zoom in from anywhere in the world. And in fact, people do zoom in from all over the world. It's very interesting, the different perspectives that people share. And the next one is January 9th. So coming up the, the week after next, and you're welcome to join. There's an RSVP link in the description. Finally, pre, please consider subscribing on YouTube. If you subscribe on YouTube, it helps other people who will benefit from the program to realize its existence and get access to it. It also helps if you like, make a comment on the program. So please do that if you find the program valuable. 
And then finally, we like to let you know that we recently formed an affiliation with a business called Bereave. And business and Bereave offers these really finely crafted granite plaques, memorial plaques that you can use either as a marker outside or maybe as a marker at a special place where you keep mementos of your deceased animal companion inside. If you purchase a plaque from Bereave, you are also offering a degree of support to our program. And so please consider doing that if you if you think this may be helpful for you. And here's, and here's Bailey. Plaque. They gave us a sample, which of course we wanted to see a sample before. It's very to, heavy. Yeah, to, to share this. So anyway, it's a, it's really substantial and it's a really nice thing. So it's a beautiful yeah, piece of work. Actually. Want to get us started? Yes. So tonight we're going to share two very loving stories. Um, one from Catherine about her sweet cat, Richard. I love that name. <laughs> and there's Richard um, and Jessica um, with her beautiful Macy, the dog Macy. There's Macy as a baby. Um, and so I will start with Catherine. There was a there was a lot of similarities in the two stories in some ways, and and we'll be talking about that. Ken and Nancy, I want to thank you so much for your book and your podcast. I can't tell you how much comfort I found in the kindness and wisdom you share in your demonstration of love for animals that has meant so much to me over the past few weeks. Our beloved cat, Richard, passed away on October 28th. Richard was our constant companion, family member, and my best friend for 15.5 years. I miss him so much. Richard was a kind soul. We got him as a rescue when he was a year old. He was shy at first and hid behind the books on our bookshelf. Before long, though, he was following us from room to room throughout the day so he could stay close. We loved each other so much. Richard loved the sound of crunching tissue paper, but hated the sound of whistling. He loved to sleep with his little furry cheek against my face. He was chatty and sometimes even talked to himself. He loved companionship and would eat only if we were sitting on the floor with him, offering food from our hands. Sometimes when Richard was eating, he would stop and pointedly look up at me, holding his stare until I made eye contact. Once we connected, his eyes softened and he started eating again. Richard collapsed one night in October and had a difficult time getting up again. We rushed him to the emergency vet. After many tests and an overnight stay, Richard was sent home with a diagnosis of renal lymphoma. With medication and fervent care, we thought we would have months, if not another year, with him. But it was only a few weeks before his health deteriorated further. He couldn't eat or drink. In his last days, I could see that it hurt him when I touched his little forehead, even gently. Our Richard, who always wanted to be close, was in so much pain. I'm grateful that my father is a retired veterinarian, and from the moment we had a diagnosis, he combed through recent veterinary studies, giving me guidance above and beyond what our vet said. Thanks to my dad, I know he made the right decision when he said we said goodbye to Richard. The night before, I slept on the floor next to Richard. 
I told him over and over again how much I loved him, how I wanted his pain to go away. I was so focused on easing his pain that I forgot he would not be with us afterwards. In the days that followed, I wandered around our apartment, expecting to see him at every turn. I couldn't believe he was gone. It is still hard to believe that there can be a world without him. Richard filled our home with his charisma, his voice, and the assurance that every time I sat down, there would be a wet nose, a furry cheek, the stiff sensation of a whisker. I miss feeling his paw reaching out to tap me on the shoulder, asking him for a treat. I miss the way my arm fell asleep as he used it for a pillow. I miss seeing the spark when a new cat idea occurred to him. Richard was my teacher. He taught me to commune with the sliver of morning sun that comes through the kitchen window. He taught me to appreciate a good nap. Most of all, he taught me that just being near can be a radical expression of love. It is so hard to be apart from Richard. As I try to navigate the days without him, I know that the pain of loss exists only because we loved each other so much. I still I just wish he could still be here. Thank you again for all you do. I can't tell you how much it means to me, Catherine. That was so beautiful, very poetic, right? Absolutely, yeah. And that I really love that she wrote, most of all, he taught that just being near can be a radical expression right. of love. So, and that's so key to helping somebody who is going through grief too, you just, just to be present, to be a caring, compassionate witness and just somebody who's there to provide support. You don't have to say a lot, just be present. Just be there. And it was, our animals, our companions give us gifts and they teach us so much. Well, that, that, I mean, everything she wrote was really yeah. inspiring. He taught me to commune with a sliver of morning. Yeah. Comes through a kitchen. So, I mean, they teach us to be in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. To just be quiet and appreciate what's happening around us. Get our head out of a screen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or or to get us to play, to observe, to yeah. experience, to have fun, to have joy, to um, you know, be mindful of what's around us. And the way she describes all the details of what she yeah. misses. Yeah. That's what grief, that's a big part of grief. What, you know, the void, the Little various paw. aspects of the void that mm -hmm. is there because Richard's not there anymore. And and also she was very focused on his pain. And yeah. then of course, after, you know, after he had died, she was like, whoa, you know, this is a, this is such a different life. I mean, life, she was, she was with him 15 and a half years. That's a long time. Yes. Yeah. And she and he had, I, I love the, the way she says that he would look at her and then his eyes would soften. Yeah. I, I see that. I see that in my cat, Esme. I've seen it in my other cats. They're like trying to, like, they're trying to figure out in the moment and then they just sort of. And they uh, just we get it. Okay. You know? like, okay. I get it. And I'm, I'm good now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 it was really helpful. I mean, to have her father as a veterinarian, yes, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how special is that? That he was so supportive and helpful through the whole process with Richard. Yeah, and he was. He helped her decide when yeah. it was time. 
And that's so important because the more support you have in making that decision, the the less recriminations you might have. I mean, it kind of it's not an assurance by any means because we tend to torture ourselves anyway. But that's right. <laughs> but at least it's more likely that you're going to be able to go and say, okay, well, all evidence suggested it was time. And probably her vet did too, but yeah. I mean, it was a lymphoma yeah. and, and even though that there was treatment, um, it, Richard was, was very ill and it was a much quicker process than they had anticipated. Yeah. But yes, I mean, this. I'm sure that there is, there's such an emptiness. There was such an emptiness initially because even though he was a very he was a very small cat, or well, he was a cat. He may have been a big cat, but <laughs> I mean, a huge presence, right? Mm -hmm. In their it's, lives, which they always are. I mean, they, yeah. You know, she and she was she was really in sync with him. She knew what he liked and what he didn't yeah. like, and. <laughs> It's always great to see the the depth of connection that oh, yes. people have with their with their animal family members. So we want to thank Catherine yes. so much, and uh, we hope she's we hope she's doing well in her in her grief. It's still pretty it's still pretty new. She passed away. It's still pretty family. new, and it's really always, as you and I know, more difficult during holidays. The holidays season. really strike it's the first time. You know. To celebrate without their loved one. Yeah. We have a comment. I just want to make okay. We have a comment from 420 growers. Hope you had a great Christmas. So we returned. <laughs> Hope you had a great Christmas or whatever, whatever one of the solstice holidays that you celebrate. And thanks for the sentiment. Yes, that's very helpful. Thank you. Very nice. But that, but I have so many people that I'm I'm uh, working with individually that are having this is the first holiday season without their their companions, and and as it could be a very large dog or a very small cat or a very small dog, it's it's the presence that they bring, oh, you know, sure. the energy sure. that they give the house, and now it's not there. Yeah, that so relationship is central to our lives i mean it's just mm -hmm. it's really and it's when when it's well, no one no one can love you like your companion animal yeah, so. yeah. we hear that over and over and over again it's uh it's it's and it's very surprising for some people how much mm -hmm. yeah how much it hurts when we lose them it's just really yeah so i'll go ahead and read jessica jessica's story about her Macy. I lost my best friend, Macy, over Thanksgiving. She was almost 14 years old. I was extremely adamant about her health, cleaning her teeth and getting her annual senior blood work, etc. She had a clean bill of health. On Thanksgiving, she started acting weird. I monitored her and thought she was having an off day. I just knew in my gut that something wasn't right. I made her an appointment and got her in the next morning. They did blood work and were able to run her basics there and sent some off for further analysis. Her liver enzymes were astronomical and she was anemic. The vet called me back and spoke with a critical care veterinarian in a different state. They said upon reading her blood work and looking at it further that she needed a blood transfusion. They said we had just hours to make a decision and that the blood transfusion wouldn't cure her, that it would just buy her some time per se. 
the vet told me that realistically and feasibility wise, we didn't have enough time to take her out of state and quality of life issues, et cetera, and availability of blood. We stayed home with her and they said that she would likely pass peacefully at home in her sleep. I stayed with her overnight and made a pallet on the floor. Sorry, this is such a long post. It's actually not that long of a post. She ended up, and she doesn't need to apologize. She ended up declining, heavy labored breathing and heart rate, rapid heart rate. I brought her into the vet and I made the painful decision to put her to sleep. It was an extremely difficult time. Her gums were extremely pale and the whites of her eyes were yellow. The vet and I had a heartfelt conversation about this. I was questioning my decision repeatedly. I'm having a difficult time with her passing. I feel so empty and like a piece of me is missing. It's like a part of me died with her. She has gone through so many life events and life changes with me. The birth of my two kids, a move to a different home across states. She has been my rock. I've had her since she was eight weeks old. I still look for her. I have three other girls and it's been a different dynamic for sure. Does it ever get better? My heart is absolutely shattered. With attaching a photo, and, he's, and, and she says, Thank you so much, Jessica. So, here are some of the photos. Beautiful, Macy. Beautiful, she's little beautiful dog. dog. Oh, so there's a baby, and this is her when she's an adult. An adult. You want to bury your head in her, <laughs> right? Cute. <laughs> all that, all that beautiful, uh, fluffy hair, right? And she's in very early grief, yeah. As, as just, as and, and this is the, the suddenness of this, right? I mean, all yeah. of a sudden that she had to have a transfusion. And this is where it gets complicated when you're not in an area that you could easily access yep. veterinary care. Yeah. It's, it's, or the vet was saying that <clears throat> the logistics of getting right. the transfusion and getting the right care were insurmountable really. And so it didn't make sense to try that because it would just, it would just not. And it was across state lines. It seems like, yeah, you it know, was state lines with the time consuming and nature of it. And the, it, it wasn't going to, it wasn't going to give her much of a, of a more time anyway. So and that's the hard part about all this, though, right? Because especially for there's people across the country. I mean, I let you know, Jersey is a very populated place, and there's a lot of resources. It's overpopulated, it's, Nancy. Let's just put it right, that way. Right. But, but there's a lot of vet practices and ERs yeah, and whatever, yeah. right? So, yeah. so oh, I mean, that's good for us. But in some states there's really not a lot of resources. in. in yeah, I was saying before we started this evening that it's 45 minutes to the nearest emergency vet where I am. Yeah. And if it's if that one's not open, it would be quite a bit farther. Or if that one's overwhelmed, which they sometimes are. And and that's, those are that's such a, diff, a, a difficult or a guilt-ridden kind of decision, right? Because if you can't get there, and how would you know if Jessica had gotten Macy in the car and gone there, could, Macy could have died in the car. And That's so right. because it wasn't necessarily 
a proof of doing this procedure that the blood transfusion that it would work for her. So, but in that moment, she had to make within we we had just hours to make a decision. Yep. Right. So I I had a great great relationship with the veterinarian. It sounds like the veterinarian was really really being very clear with her, and that that was really helpful. And uh, that's so important. That's so important. I remember when my Abigail was at our vet, first of all, we were, there was some consideration of going to the emergency vet, but it took some time to even know if that would be an option because our vet had to get in touch with them and ask if there was a, an oxygen tent that they had free because they're frequently overwhelmed and it was 45 minutes away. We got in the car with Abigail after our vet had confirmed that and we had already been at our vet's office for a little, quite a little while. And Abigail started seizing. She was obviously dying as we were driving away. So we brought her back and had, she didn't actually get euthanized because she died before that was even, even going to happen. But it, it, it shows you, you know, another example of the complexity of it's challenging when, when there's not urgent care that's readily available. And also when the condition of your animal is dire and changing rapidly. Right. And that's another thing. Like some people, you know, we had a lot of people in the groups over time who would say, I, I don't want to euthanize my animal. I want, I want to have a natural death. And so there becomes that decision of, do you take, I have a someone I'm working with right now and they did, choose a natu- uh, natural death and, 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 the, and, you know, their dog did die at home, but you never know. And there could be some, um, as the dog's dying, it could, it, it could not be necessarily peaceful. Right. So, yeah. I mean, when you, when this person said, well, if you take, take her home, you know, she should die in her sleep, but that, the, I mean, that we don't know if that would happen. You know, I mean, it, it could be very difficult. I mean, we've had those situations also. Um, so then that's another complexity with the, with the euthanasia decision, right? Do, do we now, do I, do I let her die or do I take her back to the vet and euthanize her? You know, so, and it's complicated and it's very emotional. And there's no, there's no absolutely correct no. decision. You do what? you feel is going to be the most offer the most comfort and the easiest transition for your beloved animal friend and you if you have others who know the situation well and can consult with them that's a benefit but it's 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 painful and and as jessica says you know she's um she her heart is absolutely shattered she writes yeah she's she's that's the way we feel, right? That's how yeah. that's how this leaves us. And actually, we have a comment, which I'll put up. And this is from Aww. Daniel. Who says, I got to hold Macy in my lap the day before her passing. She was ready to go. She was a wonderful dog. She was so lively and spry, even up to the last days of her life. Well, that's good Thank to you know. Thank for sharing that. Sure. And Jessica mm-hmm. wrote as well. Thank you for featuring Macy. I'm still... I'm still in the grieving process. We would imagine you would still be. Yeah, it's so it's, it's been just very fresh. The holidays yeah, are, are kind of a very difficult time. And Macy meant the world to you. Of course. I mean, 14 years. 
went through all of this life with with her and then her husband and her kids, right? All of that. And and yes, does it ever get better? It's one step in front of the other. You know, we do talk about that you will probably on some level grieve a little bit forever, right? But it's a process, right? And it's really hard in the beginning. It's very intense and tumultuous and painful and excruciating. But as time goes by, you know, it, it kind of moves in a different direction. I, I, I heard a good story about grief that said, you know, at first the grief is, is your whole experience because it's so shattering and it's so powerful and it, it's so all-encompassing you can't even believe that life is still going on around you and over time as you take those steps and you do what you need to do to keep the basics of life going what happens is the life that you continue grows and so eventually your grief is smaller in relation to the life that you're moving forward with. It never goes away, but it's, it becomes a smaller part of your everyday experience. And that kind of fits for me because I think about my lost animal companions and human beings yeah. who are dear to me pretty much every day. I, mean, oh, I, They're I, mean, just, I think they become part of you. <laughs> I mean, people, my daughter really got to me at one point because when I, after my heart dog Hank died in 2019, I told, I told her, I said, I ingested Hank and, and she was like, mom, I don't know if that's the word that you should use. Right. But he became, he's my soul. He's part of me. Right. He's always in my heart. He's part of who I am. Yeah, <laughs> all the rest of my babies are there too. Oh, absolutely! I think about them every day. I, I see some of them with with some regularity. We also have another note from Jessica, so it's nice to be in dialogue with Jessica. She's yeah, about doing right. everything I can to memorialize her. Good. That's been helpful. I feel that if I try to forget this, the grief will just get buried deep. So I agree with you one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very deeper. You you want to embrace your grief. You want to let it be present. You, you don't want to try to hold on to it really tight, but you also don't want to try to deny it or stuff it. You just want to let it be. And that way it, it does what it needs to do. It has its time. It ebbs and flows. And eventually it settles into a place that's more manageable day to day and more just a part of your life. And eventually, and I, you know, I hesitate to say this, Jessica, but eventually you, you can remember your beloved Macy and your other animal companions, and it won't hurt as much. And the hurt may actually, before terribly long, be replaced by feelings of gratitude for having had mm. in your life. But it's life. A, it takes whatever time it takes. And if that feels impossible today, I can understand that. But it's something that will very likely happen at some point in the future. We're not sure exactly when. And Jessica, I wanted to, since you're listening, I'm so glad that we're having dialogues with you. Um, this is so common. I feel so empty and like a piece of me is missing. Yep. I'm, um, it's like a part of me died with her. And, you know, we, ha we, he we hear that black holes, loss of limb, you know, there's that, there's that emptiness or such a change 
in the context of the connection, right, that you had. And so that those, but those pieces, like Ken and I are saying, will knit together, right? And then she will be, she will be always in your heart, you know, a part of your soul. Right? And here, so Jessica also, <laughs> this is great. One last comment. I got her from a yard sale. Face blue smiling. So I'm thinking maybe this is a picture of her right Literally. Oh, she's so cute. I want to put my head in. She's insanely cute. I mean, she was insanely cute as an adult too, but. Absolutely. What about this? What about this puppy picture? And so So cute. So one thing's for sure from what we've learned is Jessica gave may see a beautiful life absolutely without and a shadow of that is that's just wonderful and that's you know that's the best we can do that's yeah. we, we can just do. love them like they love us <laughs> and you loved her so much so and so growers rights it's tough when you lose oh. yeah it is it's it's tough it's a very different grief than for love. humans yeah. Because humans are necessarily unconditional. They're complicated. It's more complicated yeah. often. Right. Right? Much more common. <laughs> but so, thank you, Jessica yeah, and growers. Saying you know, thanks so dialoguing with us. That's and uh, so we'll wrap up and we want to thank Jessica mm-hmm. and also Catherine for sharing their stories. Mm-hmm. And Jessica, it's nice to have you present with us. Yes. That's really special. And we wish everybody a peaceful and joyful new year it's coming right at us yes take care everybody take care